What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. We hope to record yesterday, but uh, with the late announcements for National Signing Day, and there were only a couple, but uh, it, it kind of pushed us back and we were kind of butted up against basketball. So we're going to go today and we'll go again tomorrow. Kind of a cool thing that we did it today, too. It gives us a chance to kind of recap Mississippi State men's basketball win over University of Georgia. We certainly needed that. Still, we needed to get a 2-0 week, and uh, the, the most difficult of that undertaking appears to be behind us now. Now you got to go on the road and play Missouri. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. And, uh, of course, the ladies going to be uh, hosting University of Georgia tonight. Um, I, I guess, yeah, it's one of those things, too. It's like you start looking at these uh, little anomalies in the schedule, but um, you get them both the same week. Kind of a cool thing, but um, – a lot of people excited about last night's events. And, uh, you know, again, we'll break that down in the show. But, again, not having D.J. Jeffries, even though he's not been a prolific scorer, really makes our defense go. So it was so good to see the team last night play with the defensive intensity, kind of making it up by committee. Uh, Sean Jones doing a really good job. Uh, but, listen, if you hadn't been done so, go to Bulldog Burger Company and uh, put your feet under their table and let them serve you. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. You want a night out every once in a while, let's just go out and kind of get a meal, kind of take a night off from cooking and shopping and all that stuff. It's just good to go have the convenience of a place like Bulldog Burger Company. Great food at a great price, great atmosphere, great items on the menu. You know, that's the thing about it. Maybe the kids are in the mood for a burger and you're thinking, you know what, maybe I don't want a burger tonight. That's cool. A lot of diversity on that menu. While they do specialize in hamburgers, you can get a chance to get those sweet heat uh, chicken sliders, that chicken sandwich, or you get those uh, sloppy Joe sliders, get the chicken wings. I don't know. Maybe just get an order of those spring rolls for yourself. Yeah. Maybe just do that. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. I don't know where I would be. When it came to my dining choices, if I didn't have Bulldog Burger Company. I absolutely love the place. I have from the very beginning. 
I remember Brian Haydad and I went in there together for the very first time. Let's go try out this Bulldog Burger place. And now here we are all these years later. It's become a staple, you know, in my dining decisions. I hope that's the case for you. And if it's not, shame on you. You need to get in there and get that chocolate shake to go, man. That's a cool thing. I'm an advocate for dessert to go. They make it so easy, too. You can just, like, as you get ready to ask for the check, say, hey, you know what? Well, as you're clearing the table, let's whip up a couple of those Nutella shakes for the ride home. Outstanding, man. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, be sure and go check them out today. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's spend a little time first talking about National Signing Day. It's weird, you know. It's like, you know, of course, everything is kind of uh, moved towards uh, December. But we still had, uh, you know, some additions yesterday. One, not really a big surprise there. San Francisco McGee actually signed with State in December. And it's so funny, too. I see some people out there that, that say, well, I don't understand. If he signed in December, why are we just announcing now? Well, I'll tell you why. It's, again, it's because this young man wanted to celebrate with his teammates. Rather than have the whole thing to himself in December, he took care of business. He signed his national letter of intent. There was no danger of him going somewhere else. But I think it's a pretty noble thing. He's like, you know what, hey, Mississippi State knows that I'm good. I'm just going to wait and have this big moment with all of my teammates. And we're going to just celebrate the ending of our high school careers together by announcing our next stop. I think it's a great thing. And it was really no cause for concern. We did our best to kind of make people understand, just chill. And, and I remember seeing some conversation, people like, oh, Ole Miss is setting us up to flip him back. No, no. And at some point, you're going to have to trust us, right? I mean, it's like we obviously have some sources when all this thing is uh, going down. And I remember way back in December, I was, goodness, I was in Columbus, Ohio, when we were doing uh, December signing period, uh, signing day. And I got in contact, you know, with his coach and with him, and we knew things were good. And so I, I did my best to share that with you all. But, uh, yeah, Frisco is a great get. I Listen, I'm going to take a little bit of credit here. Uh, I, I think among uh, Mississippi State media, I was the first person to put the wheel on the bandwagon for Frisco McGee. Not just because I enjoy saying San Frisco. This kid can really, really play. And so I like this film. I was just curious, how big is he, Right. Well, the next thing you know, we have a chance to see him in person at camp. And you see this kid's ability to elevate. How cool is that? And we're feeling great about life. You know, he's, uh, he goes, hey, I'm you know, pretty much ready to commit, but got to take this visit up here to Ole Miss. And there were some people up there that had their, their – they were in his ear. And that's the case for us, too. It's not like it's anything unscrupulous, right? I mean, there's always people in small-town Mississippi and in mid-sized Mississippi and big-town Mississippi, if there is such a thing, you know, to try to advise these kids. And so he was set to commit to Mississippi State, takes an unofficial visit to Ole Miss, and just kind of comes out of nowhere, and he, and he commits to Ole Miss. And I, I think even – I think most of the Ole Miss media people probably knew that that thing wasn't over. You know, I mean, that's just kind of the deal. And I remember my source on this topic, and I won't tell you the name. It is a name you know. Told me from start to finish, don't give up on this kid. I know he's committed to Ole Miss, don't give up on him. Well, then all of a sudden we began to have our challenges on offense. And even my source is like, you know what, man, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, he loves Mississippi State. 
But when you look at what Ole Miss is doing offensively compared to what Mississippi State's doing offensively, State's not helping themselves. They're making it easier, you know, for Ole Miss to keep this kid. And so it was a little bit of concern during that stretch. Now, all of a sudden, you pop up down the stretch, Frisco still coming to Mississippi State games. Because really, he wanted to be here. And then all of a sudden, you make the coaching change. It makes it that much easier for him to make the flip. And, and here's the thing about that, too. This is not a criticism of Ole Miss or of Mississippi State. And this is important for our fans to understand. Because there are some people out there that think, hey, it's all about NIL these days. It's a little hyperbole with that. It's true. Because not everybody commands big NIL dollars. It's, that's just how it is. But sometimes guys like the other school more. And there are other times that they just like us more. That's just how it is. I mean, think about your own decision. You know, why did you choose to go to Mississippi State? Why does football comfortable there? You know, it's a family tradition. San Francisco McGee, from the beginning, was very open about his affection and interest in Mississippi State. In the end, when he decommitted, he texted Derek Nix and said, you know what, Coach, thanks for everything, but, you know, Mississippi State's pretty much always been in my heart. I'm going to go to Mississippi State. Just wanted you to hear it from me. So he's handled things the right way the whole way through this process. I mean, honestly. And I love this kid's game. I, I, I do. I absolutely love this kid's game. I think he is an outstanding football player. And give Jeff Levy and Chad Bumpus a lot of credit for getting this thing turned around. All, everything really kind of began to shift when Levy got hired. There was already some flirtation, you know, because he wanted to kind of maintain a relationship with Bump because he really likes Bumpus. But when Jeff got there, and he's like, hey, they had the in-home visit. Levy and Bump go in there. And then, like, that's when – that was the impetus for the big D commitment. And what's interesting, too, you know, the, the much maligned 247 rankings, I don't know if you guys know this, Mississippi State's uh, San Francisco McGee ranked in 89 by 247 Sports, which is uh, nearly two points ahead of the, two, of the composite. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, we get an 89 there. And I give uh, Cooper Patania a lot of uh, credit for that. Uh, Cooper actually came out to Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practices, watched these kids play, and was impressed with Frisco. As I think anybody would be when you get an in-person evaluation. It's not being, you know, critical of anybody. But there's some, there's, when you don't go watch the kids play, how can I take your ranking seriously, right? And there are a lot of people that have some strong opinions about rankings. But uh, this is one where the 247 rankings uh, far exceeded – the industry average. Uh, but looking back at Frisco here, and uh, the numbers are great. You can go look those up yourself. But, it, but in the end, Frisco, um, about a dozen offers here. And, and, and not just, uh, you know, a bunch of Louisiana directional schools. You know, of course, you get State Ole Miss. I mean, that's, that's not a surprise. Arkansas State, Connecticut, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Nebraska, Southern Miss, Tulane, Tulsa, Central Florida. And there were some other smaller schools that extended offers. But, uh, guys, this is the kind of guy that creates matchup problems for the teams. You're not – I mean, now he's not Vince Coleman by any stretch of the imagination. He's not a guy that's just going to run – and that's a baseball reference for you young guys. But this is a guy, because of his catch radius and his ability to elevate, really makes him a weapon on third down and especially in the red zone. And he can run away from people. 
It's a little more difficult to do that in the Southeastern Conference than it was at Macomb High School. But uh, Macomb had a huge year this year under Alden Foster, and Frisco was a big part of it. So uh, we didn't really give him his just due back in December because we were waiting for the day. But I love this kid's game. I don't care what he's ranked. I don't care what other people say about him. I know a football player when I see one. I know that Alden Foster is a guy that uh, did a great job down in A-Meet, Louisiana, consistently producing Power 5 prospects at that program. Forever and ever and ever. Alden Foster is a guy that understands how to get guys college and game ready. And Frisco benefited from being under his leadership the last two years. Uh, so really, really excited about Frisco, and not just because we can all say send Frisco. I'm telling you, this is a kid that's going to make plays for Provided he stays healthy, I got no doubt about his work ethic. He's from Highway 98 in South Mississippi. This is a kid that knows what it's like to have to go to work. But uh, th thrilled about Frisco to be in this class. And, again, there was never any trepidation these last few weeks, despite, you know, maybe the insecurities of some others. But, uh, yeah, this thing's been over for a long time. But uh, glad to have Frisco. Now, we also picked up uh, the commitment and signing of Josiah Joe. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having the outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. you got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe Knight. Now, I'm going to explain this as best I can. And again, the 247 uh, ranking is an 88. The industry average is 88.33. So pretty much a consistent opinion. Not like the Frisco thing. The industry experts are saying, hey, this is a kid that's uh, you know mid-level, high-level three-star. So Josiah Knight originally signed with Illinois. Now, he originally committed to Cincinnati back during the spring, got into the summer, committed to Illinois, went to work to be an early enrollee guy, took some other additional coursework, was able to graduate from Havana, uh, Florida's Gadsden County High School. It's in Havana, Florida, north of Tallahassee. And so the kid moves to Champaign. He gets up there, and all of a sudden there is – they had the preliminary – Enrollment stuff handled. Everything was good to go. He goes up there. They introduce him and all the other enrollees at a home basketball game. So he's physically there. And something happened with admissions. And basically what I have heard is there were one or two online courses that they were somewhat concerned about. It's not a big deal. And, uh, and it, it's from an accredited institution. But anyway, football and admissions at Illinois were on opposite pages. And so they get the, the, the kid packs up, moves back home, and then they supposedly got it all worked out. But the kid didn't go back. You know, there was some hard feelings about all that stuff. And uh, he has taken the high road and not really talked about it. Uh, but he's really thrilled the way that things turned out. But basically, that's what happened is he graduates early. He gets there. There's some problems with a credit or two. And he has to, to suffer the whole embarrassment of moving back home. And can you imagine the expense with all that stuff? And then after he gets back home, they're like, hey, well, you know what? E- even if we can't get it worked out now for you to enroll for the spring, hey, you're good to come in in June. But in the end, they decided, you know what? No, we're not going to do this. As one peer that covers Illinois told me, just you know, the, the trust was broken. You know, the family just no longer trusted Illinois. You got to think about that for a second. You move your kid to campus, and then you got to go back and move them back home, and it's a short amount of time. And, and we're not talking about from Madison to Stark Vegas. We're talking from north of Tallahassee, Florida to Champaign, Illinois. That's a haul right there, brother. It is. He's an outstanding young man. Had a chance to talk to him a couple times. We'll, we'll speak to his coach here soon. But to kind of break things down for him, this is a guy that you know, nearly 30 offers when it's all said and done. Uh, Georgia Tech was really in the mix for him, and at one time thought they led. This is after his uh, commitment to Cincinnati. He took an official visit to Georgia Tech and to Illinois, and then ultimately commits to Illinois. But uh, Georgia Tech very much in the thick of things with him. Running down the offer list here, Alabama State, Arkansas, Bowling Green, 
Central Michigan, Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, Florida A&M, Florida Atlantic, Georgia State, Hampton, Liberty, Marshall, Maryland, Memphis, Missouri, Purdue, Southern Miss, Toledo, Troy, Tulane, UAB, South Florida, and Vanderbilt. So a nice mixture there of some G5 programs, but also a handful of Power 5 offers, including multiple opportunities in the Southeastern Conference. Now, He's not a true edge. Like, he's listed as an edge. But he's like he, this year he played – he's like 6'2", played around 230. He's also a guy that's been kind of up and down weight-wise because he plays multiple sports. But uh, So, he has played at 230. I think he's – I think right now he came in around 215, 216. And, uh, you know, it's nothing to put on 15 pounds, but uh, especially in the weight room. But talking to this young man – it makes me proud, number one, that Mississippi State had a relationship with the staff there at Gadsden County. You know, we took Jeremiah McLeod as a commitment for the 2025 class, who just happened to pick up an offer from LSU yesterday. I remember when he committed, people were like, why are we taking this kid right now? Well, then LSU offers. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I get it. I wish at some point we could learn to trust our own staff and our own staff's ability to evaluate players. Yeah. You think maybe we could? I can't count how many times over the years we've been the first or second offer for a school, for a, for a, t- for a kid, and then all of a sudden our evaluation is validated by other schools. And there was a time here, uh, you know, when Hugh Freeze was at Ole Miss, that uh, if Mississippi State offered in the morning, Ole Miss was going to offer in the afternoon. You know, there, there's a lot of that piggybacking that goes on. And I remember even when uh, when Chris Wilson was here, you know, when Chris had told me, you know, hey, I saw that LSU and Alabama offer this kid in my area, I'd throw an offer on him. You know, there's a lot of that that happens. It doesn't mean that all those offers are committable. But uh, there is a lot of that. A lot of people are like, maybe they hadn't had a chance because it's just it's so many kids these days to evaluate everybody in their region. And the kids that get offers first get evaluated first. And everybody's afraid to get beat to the punch. So you see a bunch of those getting the boat offers out there. Jeremiah McLeod is a player. A kid can play. And so now all of a sudden you begin to think about the tandem here. Because you had the relationship with Gadsden County, when this situation with JoJo Knight arose where he had to move back home, guys, most schools had no clue that he was still available. He was still listed up until yesterday on Illinois' list of signees. And I don't mean at 247 Sports, which they were. I'm talking about at the University of Illinois, their official website still had JoJo Knight listed as a signee, even though they had released him from his letter of intent. So there wasn't a lot of stuff out there. Uh, so this is, I think, a good get for State. You know, uh, Coleman Hutzler is recruiting him. The much maligned Coleman Hutzler, it's like, so, so, it's like we, we want to find somebody to be our whipping boy. My goodness, man, give the guy a chance. Uh, he is the primary recruiter here. And uh, JoJo said he really liked Coach Hutz, as they called him. And uh, they like him as a jack linebacker. So he's not a true edge, but he is a guy that will come out there and come off the edge uh, and obvious passing downs, things of that nature, and chase a quarterback. Uh, this is a guy, too, that's had some big numbers in high school. Some big numbers. And so that's your new toy, I guess, in many respects. That's what happens. You know, remember the Sylvester Croom years, we rarely ever had any big stuff happen on signing day. You know, I guess we had the Robert Elliott, LaMarcus Williams thing that happened. But that was a rarity for us. More times than not, like under Croom, and in many respects Mullen, we went into signing day pretty much having the hay in the barn. 
That hadn't been the case under Levy. And I give those guys a ton of credit for showing up. And then all of a sudden you, you have these signing day additions in December. You know, that that's, again, it gives you something else to be excited about. You make some headlines on National Signing Day. At the end of the day, it's about, you know, putting a quality class together no matter when they commit. But then all of a sudden now you go into February, you're thinking, okay, we're probably down to Frisco and Leland Smith. Who did sign with Purdue? We talked about him extensively on the show, kind of leading up to that. After his visit to Mississippi State, I was cautiously optimistic. I would say State was the clear leader at that point. We just needed to survive the Purdue weekend, which is weird, right, because we're in the SEC. But, you know, Purdue's done a good job here as of late. Uh, Coach Walters and that group will do a good job. But it's interesting, you know, the kid is very impressionable. Leaves a Mississippi State visit. He's, hey, I'm going to go to Mississippi State. It's human nature. Then you go to Purdue. Hey, I'm going to go to Purdue. So getting the last visit was very significant. And also, too, you know, just talking to some sources, one of the tactics they used is, hey, do you see how many wide receivers Mississippi State has signed in this class? You know, uh, your chances of getting on the field are probably better here. And so, and that's, that's a reasonable sales pitch. That's not a criticism of anybody at Mississippi State. But when you look at the work that Chad Bumpus and his staff has done, kind of retooling the wide receiver room, you kind of get where somebody would say, you know what, man, when are you going to play? You know, look at all these guys, you know. And, and you say, well, you know, I'm a competitor. You know, the path of least resistance may have been at Purdue. But uh, so League One's headed there. So we went into yesterday expecting to get two, hoping to get three. We got what we expected. Yeah, we get Frisco. And, uh, and we get JoJo. And uh, it's, again, we needed some help on the defensive side of the football. Let's be honest about that, right? And, and listen, I want to take playmakers every time we can get them. But when you begin to think about what are our more emergent needs right now, what's well, on defense? And so you go out and you get a defender. Is he going to play this year? No. I don't think you're going to see JoJo not on the field much at all this year. I think that he is a guy that uh, probably needs a redshirt year, get him in the weight room. But if you watch his huddle video, and I encourage you to do that, Remember the Dan Mullen mantra, relentless effort? This kid plays with a tremendous amount of effort. There's, you can see sometimes they even line him up as a three-tech, like in some situations, kind of like a prowler package on third and long. They put him right up there up front. It's nuts. And there are times that he'll get caught up in the wash, and all of a sudden you look up, and he's running backside, running the guy down. The guy plays with a ton of effort. And so I'm excited about the get – do I think he's a difference maker? No. I think he can be a good player at Mississippi State. You better believe it. I absolutely think he's going to be a good player at Mississippi State. And so, again, it would have been great to get Leland Smith, too. It would have been great. But that was more of a luxury. I think the JoJo Scott thing uh, is really more of a need, maybe not immediate, but long-term. You've got to start retooling that defense a little bit. But uh, Leland Smith, I think, would have made us a better football team this year because I think he plays this year. The problem with – you know, junior college guys that can enroll in January, we always talk about it takes like half a year for JUCO guys to kind of acclimate and kind of get up to speed. So, again, not sour grapes at all. I wanted Leland Smith. But I would have loved to have had him in January because if he can't get here until June, he doesn't get the benefit of spring practices, doesn't get the benefit of all those meetings in the spring install. So he's playing from behind when he gets here and we start fall camp. So then you begin to ask about that learning curve, right? You know, it takes about half a year. Well, does that mean that, you know, it's the egg bowl before he kind of figures it out? 
you know. And again, that's not a criticism. Even Pernell McPhee went through that. You know, Pernell McPhee was an absolute monster. You guys know it. From the mock of South Florida. Absolutely amazing football player. But it took him about half a season. Montez Sweat, a guy that's got millions. It took him about half a season. Remember that first year he was here? Like, he could pressure the quarterback, but he couldn't record a sack. He, like, he didn't know the target point. He couldn't get guys on the ground. He could influence the quarterback. He couldn't sack the quarterback. And so I, I share that just because these junior college guys truly need the benefit of spring practice. And more times than not, sometimes the benefit of a second year. You don't always get that these days. But I think I'm always a little bit hesitant about guys that can't be can't be here for January to expect them to be impact players in the fall. That's just human nature. I mean, it just takes some time and repetition to kind of get up to speed. You don't want guys out there thinking. You don't want guys out there second-guessing, and that's kind of what happens. But we wish Lou and Smith the best, as <clears throat> long as it's not against us if we meet in a bowl game. But uh, no hard feelings. Everybody's got to make a decision if it benefits them the most, right? What's interesting is that State's lost two kids from the junior college ranks to Purdue. I mean, Jaquan Bolton, remember him? Kid that grew up rooting for Mississippi State, headed to Purdue, thought we'd get him. Not to say that we don't have a great offensive line class, because I really like our class, especially what we've done in the portal. But it's interesting that we've gone head-to-head with Purdue on a couple of junior college kids, and um, and not gotten them. You know, we've got some wins against them, too. But it's interesting now. Is that going to be a factor now, Purdue? Really, in our junior college recruiting? It was this cycle. And uh, that's not to say, you know, because, you know, Smith was at Fullerton. Wasn't like he was at, you know, Itawamba. But uh, maybe that's going to be a tenet of the, uh, the Purdue experience now. They're going to work harder on the junior college ranks. But um, when it's all said and done, Mississippi State class, uh, probably going to see one or two more additions out of the portal once the portal window opens in April. Those guys will enroll. But uh, as it stands today, you have 15 high school or junior college enrollees, so 15 from the traditional national letter of intent, and you had 15 transfers. And uh, 15 of those guys enrolled, and then 15 transfers. So 30 kids, brand-new Bulldogs, already on campus that will go through spring practice. And then you have nine others that signed their national letter of intent either in December or yesterday that will enroll for summer school. They'll be May graduates. And uh, the nine outstanding are San Frisco McGee, Terrence Hibbler, T.J. Lockhart, Fred Clark, Judge, uh, JoJo Knight, Xavier Gaten, Ja'Cory Whitted, uh, Jatavius Boogie Johnson, and Ricky Johnson. So those guys will, uh, will be part of our program come uh, the spring. Uh, summer, excuse me. They'll, they'll graduate in the spring. So as it stands today, you start working the numbers here. That's 39, 39 new Bulldogs. And then you're going to add one or two more. In the spring, guys, we only have 85 scholarships to work with, right? And so I say that because, there, again, once Jeff Lebby was first interviewed, I was told that one of the selling points of Lebby is he was going to be able to flip the roster quickly. And nearly 50% of our 2024 roster is going to be brand-new players. So there, there is some evidence to support that line of thinking. 
that you hired Levy to be able to flip the roster. Now, the quality of the players, that, that remains to be determined, right? It's one thing for 247 Sports and other people in our industry to rank these players, but until they get on the field and we see them compete in a Southeastern Conference football game, we, we're not, not even sure what we have, right? We think we do. We feel like we've got a pretty good evaluation. But until you get them out there, you don't know. But I think it's important to understand there's a big shift roster-wise. And as Dave Murray wrote here recently, it's probably the freshest fresh start that we've ever had in the history of our program because you do have the transfer portal where you can uh, kind of ramp things up and you can process guys out if you need to. But it's going to be a much, much different roster next year. You're going to need your programs and a little bit of a selling point, I guess, for uh, Mississippi State marketing. You're going to need those programs to kind of know who's who. It's going to take a little while to kind of get up to speed on that. Now, you'll have some of your regulars back, obviously. But, again, think about it in that context, that nearly half of your roster this coming fall are going to be players that didn't play for you last year. It's a different day and time in college athletics. And, of course, the coaching change is part of that. You know, we t- I, at some point, I'll sit down and work up those transfer portal numbers again. Yeah, you because know, before it was like one and two or one and three. High school signees in the SEC in the transfer portal era transferred. Once we get done with all this stuff, once we get settled a little bit, I'll work that up again and update those numbers and share those with you. Because you got to think that was the numbers prior to the end of the season. You know, we wrote that up earlier before that window opened. So now you got to add those numbers in, and there's a bunch of them. It's a lot of work. But uh, I think we continue to maintain that data and kind of base some conclusions based on what we observe. But, uh, again, I I like the class. When you look at rankings, like the composite ranking for this class, the signing class itself, is 28. And the fact that Jeff Lebby and his staff could be in the top 30 and flirt with the top 25, I mean, if we'd gotten Danny Hill, you're right there. Under the circumstances, really good deal. Transfer rank is 37. And listen, you guys probably feel like I do. We hadn't done quite enough in the portal. But the class hadn't finished yet. But the overall rank right now is 33. You pick up a couple more transfers. Maybe you pull the entire group in the top 30. But all things considered, I think staff's done a great job. A couple wins, a couple losses. That's kind of how things work out. But uh, I'm impressed with what they've done so far. And I'm eager to see what this staff can do with a full year to work with. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair is a mortgage professional. You guys, you could entrust your mortgage to a lot of people. Probably the safest option is Blair Chandler. 23 years of experience in the industry. This is a guy that knows how to get things done. Give him a call or text today at 601-500-2344. We've talked before. I mean, there's a lot of options out there. They are. But deal with one that's going to get you to the closing table more likely than not. Thus, close with Blair. Top 1% close ratio in the country back-to-back-to-back years. It's good to have somebody with that level of expertise working on your behalf. Pretty exciting, to be honest with you. And again, visit him at Close with Blair. You don't have to go through a call center or anything like that. You go directly to him. He's one of us. I like to keep business in the family whenever we can. Uh, so be sure and hit up Close with Blair. Which reminds me, speaking of keeping business in the family, 
At long last, our uh, True Rest franchise is set to open next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of people have had inquiries about it. You can follow us on uh, True Rest Starkville on Facebook, also on Instagram. But uh, a lot of time, effort, and expense has gone into this. And I'm happy to say, as of now, as of today, you can download the True Rest app and begin to schedule your appointments for next week. It's, it's live. So I'm going to encourage you to get going. Uh, we still got a few kinks we'll have to work out as we get going. And uh, still you have a couple of pieces of wall art and things like that that uh, you know the wife will spend a lot of time this weekend kind of uh, dressing things up. But uh, we're going to be ready to roll next week. You know, a few last little things we got to do. Pods are here. Pods are filled. We'll go through uh, our final training today. And uh, excited, to say the least. So that's True Rest. You can go to truerest.com, check it out. But now scheduling for your True Rest franchise here in Mississippi, in Starkville, Mississippi. We could have gone anywhere, but why would we? This is where we live. We're trying to make Starkville a better place. So download the True Rest app from the App Store and go ahead and schedule your appointment uh, for next week. And I would encourage you because of the fact we, we have sold uh, some grand opening BOGO type deals. Maybe that's the way you want to go too. You can uh, find that also on the uh, True Rest Starkville Facebook page. But um, be sure and go ahead and get moving. There will be a lot of demand for this, so we encourage you go ahead and download the app. Uh, the app has had some challenges at times over the years, but they, if things are working fine now, if you have any issues, you feel free to call. Uh, the number for our franchise is uh, available on the True Rest Starkville Facebook page. And uh, more times than not, it's going to be my lovely wife answering the phone for you there. And uh, we'll have uh, all your questions answered. And it's been quite the endeavor. You know, we first started talking about this uh, at the end of 2022, you know, taking us about 13 months. But here we are. And they tell me that uh, we're one of the first, uh, you know, the fastest to open. So uh, excited about that. So truerest.com and... um, Appreciate everybody's support. Look forward to seeing you guys have this. It's absolutely an amazing experience. It will cure what ails you more times than not. All right. One of the uh, most successful top 10 lists that we do periodically is on new music, new rock music. And so I've put I've put a list together with the help of the bride of some of my favorite new rock songs. I'm a serious XM Octane listener. That's where, People always say, where do you find these new bands? Well, it's on Octane. Now, there's a lot of Octane bands out there that have a similar sound, but these are some ones that have kind of stood out to me over the last few months, songs I listen to regularly. Number 10 on our list, uh, a band that was formerly called Slaves, they ended up um, moving on from their singer, hiring a different guy, and just thought, hey, this is a chance for us to kind of do something different. It's a band called Rain City Drive now. They got a super cool song called Frozen. We've had some other songs on on the list. I actually have some of their lyrics tattooed on my chest, a song that means a lot to me and Dana. Uh, But Frozen's from that same album. Really like it. It's, uh, I think, the third single off this album and uh, doing exceptionally well for them. It's routinely on the uh, Octane Biggins countdown. Number nine, an artist that Dana kind of jumped on before I did, Jarris Johnson's a guy's name, and what's interesting about him is he became kind of a hit on TikTok. It's amazing how social media has kind of changed the delivery of new artists for us, right? But Jarris basically 
made some cover songs and some remixes of some classic tracks. He did uh, Can You Fill My Heart from Bring Me the Horizon, and uh, I think it was Last Resort from uh, Papa Roach. You know those guys well, too. they got a big hit out going on now, Leave, Leave a Light On for You. Amazing. But Jarris Johnson, because he did these videos and the bands themselves kind of embraced these remixes, and Jarris Johnson actually ended up recording with Papa Roach. Next thing you know, the kid's got a record deal. He also did uh, a different uh, rendition and arrangement of Kryptonite from Three Doors Down. But uh, he has a, a song out now that he said he wanted to kind of fashion after a Metallica Avenged Sevenfold type motif, I guess you could say. Kind of in that same vein, but it's called When the Darkness Comes by Jarris Johnson. That's your number nine track. Now, one of our favorite American Idol contestants of all time is back and rocking again. And it's so interesting, too. There's so many of these American Idol contestants. It's like after that first album drops, they're done, right? Going back to our MySpace days, many of us had It's Not Over from Chris Daughtry is our song on MySpace. Remember all that? That was real popular. Well, Daughtry's back with a new album. Also has a, a recent collaboration with Papa Roach. Jacoby Shaddock's out there doing a lot of things. But uh, a song that has been a mainstay on the top 10 list on Octane is Artificial from Daughtry. Number eight, Artificial Daughtry. Now, number seven, this band also is part of a collaboration a little bit later on our list. I really like this band. They're, they're, to be honest with you, they were a little more dressed up, I guess, than uh, I'm used to for rockers. You know, they're kind of some pretty boys in many respects, but these guys really, really have a good product. It's a track called Below the Belt from Point North. Below the Belt from Point North. Really like this one a lot. Uh, a new band I think has uh, some longevity ahead of them. All right, number six, and this is one that Dane and I kind of disagreed on. It's different than the rest. It's kind of got this over-modulated, distorted guitar sound on it. I really dig it. It's a song called I Am The Lightning by Des Rocks. Kind of has a 70s vibe to it in many respects, but also some modern flair to it. Uh, be sure and check that one out. They're a little bit of a different band. They are. Uh, kind of like Greta Van Fleet in some respects. I think those of you who like Greta Van Fleet, I think you'd like Des Rocks. It's D-E-S-R-O-C-S. Two words. But if you, if, you're, if you like the new blood of Greta Van Fleet, give these guys a try. I think you'll, I think you'll dig them. All right, number five, another nice collaboration. Uh, these guys are on the road now, third week into the new uh, Take Back Your Life tour. It's David Draymond and Disturbed. A song called Don't Tell Me, and the female part of this is sung by Ann Wilson of Heart. It's a very, very powerful song, and Anne's vocal part on this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's interesting to hear David Draymond and Anne Wilson sing together. It's almost like, you know, genres, and in many respects, decades are kind of colliding here, and the, the result is a super good product. So don't tell me from Disturbed featuring Anne Wilson of Heart. That's your number five track today. All right, number four. I dig this one a lot, and uh, I was asking Dan the other day, I said, who, who sings this? Who sings this song? It's a brand new artist, and he's got a four or five song EP out. The name is Elijah, and uh, the track is Virus. And again, it's a little more modern, right? It doesn't have rap in it, but it's a little more modern. 
absolutely dig it. You know, it's baby, I'm a virus. You know, it's all it's it's about basically being in a relationship and you kind of being the negative influence. And then it part it changes over that you're the virus, you know. So there's always that aspect of it. There's no one person that's truly at fault. Number three, a collaboration with Point North and set it off. I dig this one a lot, and that's why it's number three. And uh, let me go ahead and prepare you here. There's kind of some orchestra hits. If you like Ice Nine Kills, and I'm not a huge fan of them because, like, everything is, like, based on horror movies and things like that, and maybe that's your thing. The guys are very talented. It's just just kind of, I don't know, it, it comes off a bit contrived to me. The opening of this song sounds a little bit like an Ice Nine Kills song. And there is a little bit of language in this one, so let me go ahead and preface that before you jam this one out. And maybe you already know it, but it's a song called Punching Bag uh, from Set It Off and Point North. A great collaboration. And uh, what's funny is uh, Below the Belt talks about the punching bag, and then they end up doing a song called Punching Bag. It's interesting. Maybe that's a writer who just kind of got hemmed up uh, with repetitive phrasing. But um, really like this one. Now, a new song that actually dropped this week from a band that many of us love I absolutely love this thing, man. I, I, I jammed it all day yesterday. It came out, uh, I think, on Tuesday, New Music Tuesdays. Remember, that used to be a big thing for us, for those of us that have been around for a while. But um, it's uh, from Ashes to News, new single, Barely Breathing. I absolutely dig it. It's, uh, it's a collaboration with Against the Current. They have a female uh, vocalist that uh, has some incredible range. I wouldn't say she's on Amy Lee's level by any stretch, but you can tell Amy Lee is probably an influence, and as she is on so many vocalists these days. What a legendary performer. But the track Barely Breathing, it's it's about three minutes of super, super good rock and roll music here. And if you know from Ashes to New, uh, you know it's very much in the vein of what you know from that traditional sound from them. They've been around forever, it seems. But these guys right now, I would I would venture to say that from Ashes to New are on top of their game right now. There's a lot of bands, they hit Octane, and they have one or two hits, and you don't hear from them again. Well, from Ashes to New has had some staying power. And based on what they have released in the last couple of years, I think they're here to stay. Provided they can all get along and, and uh, continue to, uh, to work together and produce quality music. I think you're going to see them remain not only on the uh, Octane Biggins countdown week after week after week. I think this is a band that you're going to see out there doing some really big things uh, when it comes to arenas. A band I haven't seen yet from Ashes to New. Absolutely love them. But again, number two, Barely Breathing. Absolutely love that song. Number one, been waiting for this for a while. Uh, I think Dane and I were among the first 100 fans of this band. And uh, we've seen them live multiple times. Uh, met these guys, absolutely incredible guys, uh, based out of Baton Rouge in San Antonio, Texas. Kind of interesting how that whole works. It's a band, nothing more. And uh, Johnny is one of those people that just lyrically can pull the emotion out of all of us. It's like they have a song for every mood. They have a song for every moment. The new one is called If It Doesn't Hurt. And uh, basically, it's about progress, right? Because pain is progress in many respects. Like, I mean, to get uncomfortable, right? Uh, But this is one of those things about how pain kind of moves you. Like, it's pain is a gift. You know, I liken it. When I wrote it, When the Bottom Falls, I kind of talked about how pain is a gift. It's kind of like being that cow up against that barbed wire fence, right? You you trade some some skin with those barbs. They'll kind of caution you to get back into the open field, 
rather than get out there and fight through the fence and wind up out in the highway and get run over by a semi, right? Uh, and this is kind of like that too. And I uh, absolutely love it. Anytime that the more put something out, I can't, I'm always so excited because I already know that Johnny's going to have something new that means something to me. And uh, these guys now have been around for a little while. And it's so interesting, you know, when you begin to work through all this stuff, when, um, you know, with, with nothing more. And uh, I'm going to pull it up here. You know, the debut album, um, The Few Not Fleeting, didn't get the notoriety that the self-titled album did. It was dropped back in 2014. They followed it up with the stories we tell ourselves, which had so many hits on it. And so now you've got a brand new album that um, that's, it's on the way. And uh, they had that great album too, The uh, Spirits. If you haven't listened to that, Spirits, there is a, um, just, they've added some, some tracks to that one. That came out last year. And that's got tired of winning and turn it up like there's just so many great tracks on there. But um, again, the brand new one, brand new one, if it doesn't hurt. That's your number one song of the new songs that are out there. And I encourage you, we start dying when we stop listening to new music. And and people would say, but Steve, you're kind of stuck in the 80s. No, I just still appreciate that because it's, it's good music, right? I still listen to the grunge stuff too. Because it's good music, but I can enjoy this stuff too, and it's so interesting too to see how music has evolved uh, over the decades. But um, yeah, you, you got to keep abreast of the new the uh, the new blood, and it's so interesting nowadays. There's so much of it that is um, is watered down. It's so easy to make content these days, right? Um, which your good friend and host is working on some things too. How about that? Not that we'll ever be on the Biggins Countdown, no. Uh, but I think it's interesting that uh, nowadays you can make a song in the comfort of your own home with the right equipment. You know, you don't always have to have that huge mixing board. It'll sound better. But uh, through the magic of technology and all these computers, there's a lot of people out there doing a really layered sound. Like you go cut the riff and then you kind of build around it. And uh, in many respects, there's probably, you know, probably some composition going on now that probably hadn't existed because of technology. And so as a result, people can sit at home, they can go get in their closet or whatever, and put a mic up there, next thing you know, they got they bringing out a song and, and you can upload it to iTunes yourself. So it's a lot easier. And in, in some respects, it waters things down. And, uh, you know, we got some great bands in Mississippi out there trying to make it. And I got friends, man, that play, they play music five and six days a week, man, because they're so committed to the craft. And you hope it pays off for them. You do. Uh, but like anything else, when you practice, you rehearse, you get better. You do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, shout out to my friend uh, Ryan Purser and Lewis and Joe and those guys uh, in Four-Way Stop. You get a chance to go see them. I encourage you to go do it. They, they do some great original stuff and also do a lot of the classic stuff that you know uh, from multiple decades. They do some Led Zeppelin. They'll do some uh, Blink-182. It's all different, you know, and they do their own stuff, too. And, of course, uh, the homie Fred Harley in uh, Storage 24. Good to see those guys back out uh, performing new music again. They had a nice following uh, for a long time. It's good to see those guys reunite and make another run at this thing. And then my buddy Brian Jones, who was the lead singer of Lillian Axe, I think, for eight or nine years. Uh, still working on some stuff. Hopefully we'll uh, get a solo album out of Brian before it's all said and done. And Lillian, of course, uh, working on new music now. Uh, so, again, we support... 
our up-and-comers around here. We had a great music scene in Mississippi for a long time. And um, I wish I had time to commit to, um, to help do more of that. But uh, I appreciate everybody out there, all you venues out there around the great state of Mississippi and beyond, uh, to have live music. We love live music. And, and of course, cover bands always do well. But I tell you, one of the most special moments I've had in the last couple of years was going to the, uh, the Signal in Chattanooga and uh, seeing Bad Omens and kind of seeing what was happening there. I was, I was sharing just yesterday with somebody. I said that they're the biggest thing in rock music right now, Bad Omens. And uh, they've recently released a collaboration. Uh, it's, it's just okay, to be honest with you. But um, you know, the instrumentation is great. The vocal's just kind of okay. But um, a lot of people. It's called uh, Bad Omens and Poppy. It's called uh, Violence Against Nature. But uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's not, it's, not, it's not at all what I expect to hear from them, especially after that album, the great album, The Death of Peace of Mind. Uh, be sure and check that out if you haven't done so already. It's a very diverse album in many respects, but uh, they are probably the hottest thing going in American rock music right now. Every time they open up a tour, it sells out immediately. They open up new merchandise, it sells out immediately. I bought an album through, a couple albums through Amazon. One I never got because the, uh, they couldn't keep up with demand. It's crazy how they works. But um, again, you got to know the new blood too. There's always some new stuff out there. We can't be so caught up in our regular favorites that we don't, uh, we become kind of closed-minded to what's happening in music these days. But uh, I, I really think this is a list here that'll excite you, especially uh, the top two. Barely Breathing from Ashes to New, phenomenal, and if it doesn't hurt for nothing more, those are two songs that you need to have on your playlist, absolutely, without question. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution, man. If you're not familiar with Campus Bookmart, you certainly should be. Where you been, Right. Nobody out there doing a better job outfitting this wonderful fan base with Mississippi State merchandise. Whether it be clothing for your closet, whether it be decorative items for your home, I don't know, maybe you need something for your dog. They can take care of that for you too. Miss Kathy Brown does an amazing job outfitting that store to allow us the opportunity to get some great Mississippi State merch. Next time you're in town, go by and see their smiling faces neatly positioned on the backside of campus, just off 182, right before you get there uh, to take that right to go to Mississippi State's historic sporting venues. There's Campus Bookmark right there on the left. So you can go in there, get your new stuff, put it on, wear it to the game, as you should. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmark.net. And by being a Lawyer Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that's BSR, which stands... And you know it for beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. Again, campusbookmart.net. All right, let's celebrate a uh, Mississippi State men's basketball win last night. And there were some times it got a little dicey here, but um, I was worried about Georgia's perimeter shooting. You know, without DJ, without DJ Jeffries out there, because he is so long, he is such a relentless defender in many respects, I worried a little bit about this game. Uh, we got through it. Bulldogs now 15-8, and 4-6 and six in the SEC. Georgia drops to 14-9, 4-6 and six in the SEC. Uh, State held an eight-point advantage after the first half. And it really looked like down the stretch – State was going to put this thing away. That's how it looked. And next thing you know, and give Georgia a ton of credit, they would not go away. 
But the good thing is, is that, you know, basketball is a game of runs. Everybody hears it, but everybody knows it. When Georgia made a run, State was able to answer. And uh, you begin to look here, 11 minutes to go, State is up 11. It's 51 to 40, and you think, okay, good night, uh, Athens Bulldogs. Good night. It's all over and done with. And we even take it up 13. Nice play here by Tolu to get loose for the heave. Guys, this thing is over, right? 56-43. The game is over. Wrong. Georgia comes back. Blue Kane with the three. Noah Thomason with the three. It's a seven-point game. And then they get loose after a missed shot. It's a fast-break basket. It's down to five. And then Blue Kane again connects to make it a three-point game. And at this point, there was a lot of tension in Humphrey Coliseum. But Chris Jans and the Bulldogs responded. Good teams find a way to match runs and answer. That's what happens. And what do you know? It's Sean Jones Jr. knocking down a three to give a six. And then Hubbard follows it right back up on the break and pushes it back out to nine. That's a very, very deflating sequence if you're Georgia. That you've scratched and clawed. You're finally back in it. You're within a possession. And then State gets back-to-back threes to, to get separation and then eventually push it right back out to double figures. Well, with Tolu making a basket down low. It's a 64-53 game with just over four minutes to go, four and a half minutes, I guess. And um, from there, you know, they kind of traded baskets down the stretch, and then they're forced to foul because they just couldn't get any closer. And uh, we made a few free throws down the stretch, which is always a good thing. It's it's been a bit of a challenge at at times for us. But State wins by 13. Uh, Georgia with a late basket. Uh, that was really pretty much academic. I mean, stayed up 15, you know, in the final 30 seconds. But a very solid win for Mississippi State. And after the week we had last week, we knew this week we needed to respond with a 2-0 and week. And, again, the most difficult step in that journey has been taken. Now, you can say, but, Steve, we got to play on the road this weekend. We had not won a road game all year in a true road game. We hadn't played Missouri either. Looking back at the numbers last night, uh, defensive, we stayed did a really good job in this ballgame. You hold Georgia to 35.1% shooting. And uh, in the first half, they really struggled, really, really struggled. Picked it up a little bit, shot near 40% in the second half, but they're right at 31 uh, in the first half. And, again, you expect them to be good from beyond the arc. They were. You know, still, I mean, they shot better from beyond the arc than they did total from behind uh, in the field. Tolu Smith, 19 points last night, 12 rebounds. When you get that stat line from Tolu more times than not, you're going to put a win on the belt. You're going to put a win, not a win, on the board. I don't know if you guys have belts or not. Maybe you're champions out there. Uh, Josh Hubbard, nice game for him. Uh, 14 points. Did have a couple turnovers. Uh, Shaquille Moore with 11. Keyshawn Murphy with 10. And, man, what a difference Keyshawn Murphy makes. And with DJ out and with us struggling a little bit, having Murphy going again the first time since the South Carolina game, he's been just 15 minutes right. You talk about an efficient 15 minutes there. He gets 10 points. Also pulls down four rebounds. You know that kid's happy to be back on the floor? You know he is. But State with four and double figures, and that's what makes us a good team. When we're able to distribute the scoring responsibilities and get that level of production from people, we're going to win the ball game. Cam Matthews, guys, one point away from a double-double and also being your fifth Bulldog in double-digit scoring. 
pulled down 11 rebounds, which is second on the team. But 43 boards for the Bulldogs last night, just 33 for Georgia. When we out-rebound you, chances are you're in trouble. And with our length, that should probably be the case. But uh, Jimmy Bell, just nine minutes of action, did not attempt a shot, uh, did pull down a rebound. Uh, but, again, you just really need Jimmy to be the guy that comes in and spells Tolu a little bit. It's got to be the Tolu show. It does. But it can't be a one-man performance. And last night it wasn't. And, again, very happy to see Sean Jones step up. Played 33 minutes, man. And, this again, this is a kid that's going to play hard for you. you know, probably a little bit amped up last night. Just 2 of 11 from the floor. Did knock down that big three late. A couple free throws, five rebounds. Also had three personal fouls. As he gets more time, he's going to get better. But uh, really, the return of Keyshawn Murphy, very, very significant for State. And if we're going to make the tournament, and I still think we will, Keyshawn Murphy's going to have to be a part of that. And even when DJ comes back, we're going to need contributions from Murphy. And this is one of those things, one of those you know, great mysteries in life, right, that uh, Keyshawn Murphy just kind of disappeared for a while. But we got it all worked out, or at least we appear to be now. He's worked his way back into good graces. He's healthy and clearly ready to go. So a good, good win for State. Very solid. We're not going to sit here. It's not a court-rushing event. But now we're going to get ready to take on Missouri. Now, I don't know if you've kept up with Missouri because many of you are just game-to-game-to-game people. Uh, Missouri hadn't played well this year. And as I've cautioned on this show before, we have taken some good teams to Missouri and come home with a loss. So we can ill afford, and, and you know as well as I do, Christians will have the guys focused we're not going to go up there and go through the motions. We understand that we have not played well on the road. We're going to have to find a way to get uh, some road wins. And this is a big one for us. And this is going to be Saturday. We'll talk more about this on tomorrow's show. But we've got to find a way to go get this thing. And all of a sudden, you're 2-0 with a struggling Arkansas team coming to town. We don't have a midweek game next week because we want to go out and enjoy Valentine's Day with the loves of our lives. But then you get Arkansas Saturday in the hump, and then you come back that Wednesday with Ole Miss, and you start thinking now you can string some wins together. Uh, And I I don't want to get so deep that we're talking about going down uh, at LSU, even though LSU's had some challenges of late. But, um, you know, we've got a golden opportunity to kind of cure what else is right now. And the only answer to all this stuff is to win. We've had some injuries. We've had a lot that's happened to us this year. But we're right in a position where we think we can get to where we wanted to go. If we drop some games, we shouldn't, yes. But as I've cautioned many times on this show, it's not time to throw in the towel. Now, let's take a quick look kind of at what happened uh, in men's basketball since we were together. Uh, Tuesday night, South Carolina, 68-65 winners over Ole Miss. Ole Miss had a big comeback late. You know, South Carolina got some separation, but – Chris Beard and that, that staff did not give up. The team didn't as well. Kentucky goes into Vanderbilt, 109 to 77 winners. Is this the end for Jerry Stackhouse? I think it has to be. Jerry's probably an NBA assistant. Now, look at last night's numbers. Uh, LSU travels to Knoxville. They lose by 20, 88-68. Auburn gets some redemption against Alabama. And uh, I remember you're sitting there flipping back and forth, and you look at that game. Right before the half. It's like, are both of these teams going to score over 100? I mean, is this thing going to be an old NBA game? But Auburn, 99-81 to 81 winners. Texas A&M goes to Missouri and wins 79-60. to 60. 
And A&M's kind of like us. You know, just kind of right there in the thick of things, but you know, not jumping too far ahead, not falling too far behind. Uh, and so it's going to be an interesting stretch run for us. But uh, look quickly looking at the standings, you know, we're right, again, right in the thick of things, but probably a game, at least a game, maybe two, behind what we expected to be. Certainly not where we hope to be. But uh, South Carolina and Auburn now tied for first place in the Southeastern Conference. You, you expected Auburn to be good this year. You didn't expect South Carolina uh, to be good, and they're, they're great. Let's just kind of call it for what it is. They're 20-3 and three overall, and they've won six games in a row. Auburn right there with them. Alabama now a three-way tie for first place. And then there's Tennessee at 7-2. and two. And then it gets pretty – it's kind of convoluted from there. Kentucky 6-4, and four, Florida 5-4, and four, A&M 5-4, five Ole Miss 5-5, five five, LSU 4-5, and five, right there with us. We're 4-6, and six, Georgia 4-6, and six, and then Arkansas 2-7, Vanderbilt 1-8, Missouri 0-10. So your next two ball games are two of the three – Worst teams from a record standpoint in the conference. Guys, Arkansas is now 11 and 11. I mean, 500. Vanderbilt is 6 and 16. Missouri is 8 and 15. And we're going to get Arkansas at home and Missouri on the road. Again, a chance to really make a difference here. And these are games that you, you talk about expecting to win. You got to win these games. And then all of a sudden, Ole Miss comes to the hump. And Ole Miss could be a 21 team by the time they get here. But they're, they're a three and four road team. Uh, that'll be, if you haven't made plans to attend that ball game, we're going to encourage you to do that because we're going to need you there uh, to help make a difference in all of this. But again, not where we want to be, but still in a position to get to where we want to be. Finish out this week, then have a 2-0 and week next week. All of a sudden, you start feeling a whole lot better about life. But, uh, you know, I've read that you know, Ken Palm expects State to go on a nice little run here. We certainly need that to be the case. But, um, again, Keyshawn Murphy, that's an extremely, 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 extremely important development there. Absolutely outstanding development for Mississippi State. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. If you're looking to bring a big group to town, and chances are you are, Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse. All you got to do, Google's your friend, and there's going to be multiple options for you to book. Before you do, let me encourage you, check out their Facebook page. You can peruse the amenities that are available to you, a five-bedroom place, a couple bathrooms, an amazing back porch area. It's incredible. It may be one of the best things about it. Very spacious uh, outdoor area. You can kind of sit, enjoy an adult beverage, enjoy a regular beverage. I don't know your needs. Also, that great fire pit area out there. Uh, there's a wet bar that's available to you. One of the best things about it, too, is, you know, if you go book a hotel room, you're going to have to eat out, right? And that's fun, but sometimes that can be expensive. Wouldn't it be nice for have mom to cook or dad to grill? You can do all that right there at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Be sure to check that out. Uh, and book through the Evolve website. We can save you some money if you do that. Use promo code BSR10. BSR10. Again, whether you're bringing a work group during the week or bringing a ball game group during the weekend, that promo code works, saves you 10% off your stay. You can book through VRBO. You can book through Airbnb. I don't know how you, what you want to do. But if you go through the Evolve website, I can save you some money. 10% off your stay 
promo code BSR10. Just five minutes away from the Mississippi State campus. It's incredible. It's the old renovated country club clubhouse. Very spacious. And uh, it's like you kind of got a little oasis in many respects. You're kind of away from everybody else, but also conveniently located in Mississippi State. That's amazing. Again, book to evolve for the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. All right, Mississippi State women in action this evening is we'll take on Georgia. That's a 6.30 p.m. tip for sure. That's the play for K game. Think pink. You know, so if you're if you're thinking along those lines of what to wear, I know I always wear maroon when I can. When I'm working, I can't. I just wear my rock shirts. But uh, but if you're thinking, hey, maybe I wear something different, uh, pink is acceptable for sure. Now it has not been a great year for Georgia. Let's take some time uh, to kind of look here at the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, women's basketball team has just kind of been you know middle of the pack to say the best, and that's being nice. They're 11 and 11 now uh, overall, and two and seven in the Southeastern Conference. They are one and five in true road games, three and one on neutral courts, and seven and five at home. But uh, just one win in a road venue this year. Uh, they opened up with a win over North Carolina A and T. That was a dozen point game. They bounce back and take down Belmont, 76 to 50. They're in Nashville, and then they get Georgia Southern. They take down Mercer by 20. And so off to a great start, you start thinking, okay, well, maybe they're, they're legit. They, be, they go to the Bahamas and beat Columbia and Purdue. Very competitive game against Purdue that uh, went the way to Bulldogs, 65-57. And then they host Duke. And this is when things begin to change. It's true. Again, you, you start out, you get off to a good start, and you feel like, okay, well, now you're going to play some Power 5 competition at home. Uh, and Duke – Obviously, a basketball school. They get the seven-point win. Georgia bounces back and takes care of Furman, 85-55. They get Troy, 86-70. And so, again, you start looking at this thing and you start thinking, okay, well, maybe Georgia's okay. You know, maybe there was a bit of an outlier there, and maybe they're okay. And, again, there's only so much you can tell about a non-conference schedule. But after that win over Troy, who was winless at the time, Georgia was 7-2. and two. Then they play Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech gets them in Athens, 64-53. They bounce back in the Suncoast tournament and take down Pitt and then lose by one to Ball State. They get Wofford, 76-57, and then we get an SEC play. Very first SEC game, they beat A&M, 54-50. So, again, you start thinking this team may be a little more robust than we thought. And then they travel to Fayetteville. And Bud Walton Arena has been a house of horrors for many a basketball team over the years. This is the night that Georgia Bulldog fans would prefer to regret. They lose 83-43 to to even the SEC record at 1-1. One one. Then Alabama goes to Georgia, wins 81-63. They then go to Gainesville, lose down there by 9-78-69. Uh, they travel to Missouri, lose there 69-57. They host Ole Miss, and listen, say what you want about Coach O, but the Ole Miss lady's playing pretty well. Uh, and Again, you can't judge anybody based on that South Carolina score. But uh, a 10-point win for the Rebels up there. And then they go to Auburn, Georgia does, and loses 67-49. Big win for Johnny Harris and her team. Tennessee 
rolls into Athens and uh, kind of lays waste to these ladies, 95-73. Kentucky, you know they haven't been great, but they do have some players. Very competitive game. Kentucky uh, loses that game in Georgia, 72-65. And so uh, the Bulldogs coming in with a little something to feel good about. Of course, you had the tough loss to Tennessee, but you bounce back and beat Kentucky. And now you had to Mississippi State again, 6.30 p.m. tip tonight. If you're on the fence about going, let me encourage you to go. Uh, it's important we get out there. Ladies playing exceptionally well right now. Uh, Mississippi State ladies have, uh, have strung together some nice wins. And you start thinking about the schedule, right? We, we talked about this extensively. We knew the first couple of weekends, a uh, couple of weeks of the conference schedule were going to be a real challenge. But the schedule really begins to ease up a bit uh, for the ladies. And uh, uh, it's fun again, right? It's fun to watch the ladies play. Ladies have uh, strung together four in a row here and uh, could secure their 20th win of the season. You could be 20 and five after tonight, and you certainly should be. And again, you start running down those five. You know, outside of that South Carolina game, you know, State's really been in every one of these games. I mean, you you, you could have really beaten just about everybody on your schedule. And again, Tennessee kind of got us a little more talented than us. But you start running this thing down, and you begin to realize that our ladies can play with just about anybody, just about. And uh, that big win for Georgia over A&M, you know, State goes to College Station, beats them. Uh, by 11 points this past Sunday. Uh, so you get this one, and all of a sudden you get Florida next week, and you start thinking about, hey, we, we could really put this thing together and uh, head to Ole Miss Sunday the 18th with a lot of juice, a lot of juice and a lot of belief. And then you get Kentucky here, Alabama. we got to go over there. You go to Auburn, that's going to be big, and then Missouri. And that's the end of the regular season. So down the stretch here, you look at it and say, hey, really the only true toss-up game is going to be in Oxford. And you know it's going to be a Super Bowl for them. You know it is after we got them the last time. Uh, But by and large, states should be able to win every game down the stretch. And again, the Ole Miss game is very much a toss-up. So you start begin to think now, what does that mean nationally? What does that mean for the postseason resume? Well, you start thinking about this potentially being a 25-24 win team. A lot of things are possible, certainly, certainly. I'm excited. I know you guys are too. I mean, it's like we we had forgotten how much we liked women's basketball. And we did our best to try to feel good about it. But now all of a sudden we've got a team you look at, you start thinking, we talked about finishing the top four. Uh, That's certainly a very real possibility. I mean, the only team right now in the Southeastern Conference with a longer winning streak than the Lady Bulldogs, is South Carolina, who is undefeated this year. Everybody else in the conference has lost since we have. The only team close to us is Alabama, who's won three in a row. So they're starting to play pretty well. But you begin to think about, you know, what's ahead. Can If State's going to finish in the top four, you're probably going to need that win over Ole Miss. Probably. Man, I have to have that. I think Ole Miss is going to play well down the stretch. I mean, I know there's been all this discussion about, you know, Coach Yo and the $8 million and all that kind of stuff. And listen, women's basketball, let's just kind of call it for what it is. It's not a moneymaker. It's not. And so it's not – it shouldn't be huge news that they lost money. The fact they lost $8 million is significant. But uh, you start running down this uh, Ole Miss schedule – 
their toughest ball game down the stretch is going to be against Mississippi State as well. So it's going to probably boil down to a battle between State and Ole Miss for the fourth-place finish because they get A&M. Ole Miss should beat them. they got to go to Florida. They should win there. Toss-up game with State. They get George at home. Should win that one. At Missouri, should win that one. At Kentucky, should win, even though weird things happen up there. And then they get Arkansas. That, that could be a bit of a gamble, too. But you start looking at these schedules down the stretch, and you begin to realize it's time to start scoreboard watching. Now, we just take care of ourselves, and you start thinking, can State win out? Yes, we can. Will we? That remains to be seen. But you start pushing this thing along here, and you begin to realize that maybe we're a little bit ahead of schedule. We expect it to be a tournament team. But this could be a situation here where you know, your ladies are, could be ranked going into the postseason and they're strung together, you know, you know, nine or, you know, eight or nine wins in their final ten ball games. You want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the regular season, and that's where State is right now. So, again, expected to have a good week. And then, again, a good week next week, and it's just a one-game week, and then we go to Ole Miss. So, ten days from now, pretty important ball game. And, again, if you're thinking about going, let me encourage you to go because we're going to need as much maroon there as we can possibly get. Uh, now, our fans in the past have done a good job going over and taking over that arena. You know as well as I do, with all of the, the conversation that Ole Miss has had about attendance for women's basketball, uh, they're a proud people. It's, you know, kind of call it for what it is. They're not going to want us to go in there and take over that arena. So they'll have some people show up. We'll probably be in an incredible environment, and we'll need some Bulldogs there to kind of counteract or counterbalance some of that. But uh, this could end up being a pretty special season when it's all said and done, and when you begin breaking down this woman stuff. But uh, you got to go take care of Georgia tonight, and then we'll see what happens from there. But uh, I feel like outside of that Ole Miss game, State will be favored and expected to win every game the rest of the way. And it's difficult to win on the road in the SEC. I'm just kind of call it for what it is. But I, I start breaking this thing down here, and you look, you know, you got what one, two three, four, five, six, seven games left, and four of those seven are at home. And you guys have made this such a great home court advantage, you begin to feel really good about that. Again, this is a good week, and uh, I'll be covering uh, Sunday's game uh, against Florida. That's a a 2 p.m. Central tip. Uh, Justin will be uh, coming back from Missouri. We're not going to make it back in time from Missouri. Justin will be at Missouri on Saturday uh, to cover that game for us and then turn around and have to fly back. So uh, I'll take care of Florida. And uh, next thing you know, big road game at Ole Miss. But, again, you start running this thing down here. And going to Alabama is going to be tough because they're a good team too. But, um, you know, State's got a chance to win out. And, of course, the big one, the rivalry game, not just because it's Ole Miss, but because of the fact that they're expected to be a tournament team. And they're right there with us in the standings. So, again, consider making the trip to Oxford and maybe eating Batesville. But uh, the Bulldogs are going to need you to be in attendance as best you can. All right, if you haven't done so, go to winthebottomfalls.com and you can order uh, all of my sports titles and the new book, Win the Bottom Falls. I want to thank the Starkville Kiwanis Club for having me out. That made the front page of the paper yesterday. So thank you at the Starkville Daily News for making uh, your good friend in Hostville uh, rather special. You know, they had Dana in last week and uh, spoke about us opening the True Rest Floats Bob. But uh, it's always nice to get your name in the paper for a good reason. 
And, uh, of course, we're working on the dude right now. And uh, we'll, ha- we'll be releasing the cover. You know, we did a mock-up a while back that we did just to kind of hype it up. But uh, we'll be releasing the cover and uh, working on Chapter 2, which is entitled Randolph Goes to College. Yeah, some interesting stories that I have uh, uncovered here as of late. I won't share them here. We'll keep the powder dry, and uh, you guys will have a chance to read it. But uh, I have been so incredibly blessed with the people that have uh, worked to help bring this Duty Noble book to life. And I'll be honest with you, and I, and I share with you guys on the show, it's the most ambitious thing I've ever done. You know, I'm going to recreate the life of somebody that died before I was born. And so I've had to rely on some family stories, and I have spoken to so many of Duty Noble's nieces and nephews that have had so many stories that have been passed down, spoke to several people at Mississippi State uh, that have had some incredible information to share. Still got a handful of interviews to do once he becomes an athletic director, and we'll, we'll get to those. I'm, I'm not trying to convolute myself and confuse myself, but um, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased. I had an opportunity to interview one of Duty's nephews um, a couple days ago, and I, I would believe it's probably the most significant interview I've done in this writing process. Just learned some things and kind of got some things confirmed. Like I had like bits and pieces of stories, and he was able to kind of fill in some gaps. And uh, I can't begin to tell you how grateful I am for the Noble family. And uh, there's just been so many of those people that have found out that I'm working on this and have said, hey, you listen, we'd like to contribute. And everybody that I've reached out to has been so incredibly generous with their time. And again, we'll get this thing finished up uh, by the end of the semester. And we'll get it off to editing. And uh, they're, they're going to edit as we go. But we'll do the final edits and the final reads and all that stuff. And then it goes into production. And then the hope is to have it out in August or early September. And every time that I put a date on it, it always ends up being longer, right? Uh, but that's the real goal. That's one of the reasons we're going to push very, very hard. We're going to go ahead and speak to our printers and, and make sure that this book is in, in the queue, that we'll deliver a, uh, a manuscript, and they'll get that bad boy going. So uh, we'll open up for pre-orders uh, in a couple months. You know, many of you have already asked me to do that. We're just, you know, we're, we're just not prepared to do that. I don't want to hold your money that long, right? I don't get paid until you guys get your books, but I don't want you guys to, to buy a book and then you're waiting around. I post regular, post regular updates on Facebook as I learn things, just to kind of let you guys know where I am in the writing process. But um, every book that I write at the time feels like the most important thing I'm working on. And I would venture to say that writing the Dogpile book was um, that's a dream come true, to be able to, to, to chronicle Mississippi State's first ever NAFL championship. And uh, it's the only book out there about it. I mean, think about that for a second. It's all the more reason why you need to get that, a copy of that book. We've won one team NAFL championship, and we wrote a book about it. And uh, very proud of that work. I say it's a book that I was born to write. And then when the bottom falls, of course, uh, you know, all my you know, trials and tribulations and things like that, and also to uh, kind of, you know, working my way out of the valley back up the mountain. I mean, this is a book I had to write before I died. I think this book, though, the Duty Noble book, may be the most important thing that I write on a sports side. I, I really do. And, and that includes Dogpile. You know, this is a much different endeavor, for sure. And uh, I've learned a lot about Duty Noble. A lot. And I can't wait to compile all this and share it with you. And uh, chapter one's in the can, and uh, chapter two is already in, in production now. 
and I'll get that finished up here. So a lot been going on. National Signing Day, you know, baseball season starts next week, which is, allows us to segue. Uh, next week, Military Appreciation Weekend, opening weekend. Now, we still haven't announced uh, times yet. That's going to be based on a weather forecast, and that's the thing you're looking at now. We are going to have scrimmages this weekend. Uh, many of you like to come out for those, and a lot of it's just because of your love for baseball, right? And you just want to kind of get a glimpse of the team. Uh, you know, we got some rain in the forecast this weekend, so we may be dodging raindrops at Duty Noble, and we got to get these games in. We got to get them in because we're still evaluating. And what we're probably going to see now, let's just say based on a sourced report, is we're going to put the starting nine together, and then they're going to scrimmage the other guys. You know, you've had kind of uh, intra-squad games here as of late. But now we'll put the starting nine out there and start fine-tuning some things and get ready for next weekend as Air Force gets ready to come in. But, again, Military Appreciation Weekend. Uh, they're going to have military flyovers all three games next weekend. This is released a little while ago. Uh, so Moody Air Force Base will handle Friday – and uh, Saturday and Sunday will be handled by our good friends over in Columbus. And each game will have military members standing with MSU and Air Force during their national anthems, along with military members announcing our starting lineup. So pretty cool. Also going to have the uh, Military Appreciation Rally Towel Giveaway while supplies lasted. Plan to get there early. They're also going to give away um, some interesting things, too. It's Friday you're going to get the Rally Towel. Saturday, we're actually going to have a uh, the Wings of Blue jump team. They're going to come in, and uh, they're going to have replica military hats to give away on Saturday. And then Sunday, you're going to have the military coin. So three gifts available in appreciation of our military, which also gives us the opportunity to always thank our servicemen and women who are around the world protecting our freedoms allowing me to sit here and, and talk about this show and uh, give you guys a glimpse of home. And, and uh, one of the things that always means so much to me is I get messages regularly. And every so often I get something from somebody that's stationed in harm's way and say, hey, Steve, I, live, I love the boneyard, and it gives me a little bit of home. It reminds me a little bit of what I'm fighting for. And so to all of you that uh, tune in all around the globe – that you've got that American flag on your on your uniform, on your shoulder, thank you. We love you. We don't say it enough, but we do. We appreciate you, and we thank you for all you do for us to allow us to live in the land of the free and home of the brave. All right, so again, next week we get into college baseball season. We're going to kind of ramp some things up. We'll talk about that. We'll preview that. Uh, we'll come back tomorrow, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, number one, recapping tonight's game against Georgia. Hopefully that's a Bulldog win. And we'll begin to preview Mississippi State men's trip to Missouri. And, again, Justin Frommer will be there for us. That's one of the things we tried to do this year, kind of commit more uh, resources and travel for men's basketball. We, we have not historically done a lot of men's basketball travel. And so uh, Justin will have boots on the ground there, so we'll have post-game video and things like that. He, he's already, he sent me some video at like 1 in the morning. I was long asleep by then. Uh, but uh, we got to get that resolved too. But um, – so tomorrow's show, back tomorrow, a fresh top 10 for you. And, again, if you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out and let us know. Best way to do that is to hit up Roy on Twitter or X, whatever you prefer to call it these days. 
but we're in a good place right now. And that's the thing you think about where we are and where we want to be. Football has come through a very, very difficult time. And uh, as we say all the time in Starkville, like when I talk to people affiliated with state football, especially the holdovers, guess we just need a year of normalcy. You know what I'm saying? We just need – our kids just need a regular year. Let's just go to school, go to practice, and go play some football games and not have a lot of drama. We need that. But, again, when you look at what Jeff Levy and his staff have done uh, to finish in the top 30, which is historically where we are, all things considered, is a remarkable accomplishment. The men bounced back last night, should be in a position to get their first road win this weekend. And again, you got some winnable games next week. And again, be thinking about making that trip to Starkville and come cheer and be a part of this. And then you look at the women. Obviously, the women are a little bit ahead of the men right now. And then we've got baseball next weekend. And so there's a lot to cheer about. And uh, March 17th, 18th, or 19th, right around St. Patrick's Day, we're going to be on the field for spring football. And so it's a great time to be a part of jeanspage.com. Nobody's going to give you better coverage than us. And so come be a part of that. And um, I just feel like things are beginning to settle. Does that make sense? It feels like we have been caught up on the hamster wheel in many respects for several months, maybe even the better part of a year. I mean, really even dating back to, I mean, when's the last time things truly felt normal around here? Right? And we're not used to losing to baseball. You know, so we got to get that fixed. But I would say maybe going back to winning the Egg Bowl in 2022, and all of a sudden you begin to think, hey, we're going to go to a nice Florida Bowl game. Things are great, man. This is so wonderful. And then it has been one thing after another since then. But for the first time in a long time, at least for me, and I'm a lot closer to it than many of you are, it feels like things are beginning to calm down a little bit. And when things calm down like that, it gives us a chance to kind of, rather than react to things, to be people of action, to allow your administration to be people of action. It's like just yesterday, you know, we hired a director of football for football sports science. We've never done that before. There's some innovative things happening within the athletic department. It's true. Zach Selman has a vision. Your coaches have a vision. Uh, we got to go win some ball games. You know, it, it all helps to go win ball games, but we have got to do the things necessary to put our student athletes and our coaches in the best situation to go and win those games. And I think doing things like this, being innovative in our thinking, not just adopting, well, this is what we've always done. You know, well, maybe it's time that we get ahead of the curve instead of just kind of, again, be reactionary people to what everybody else is doing. I think Alabama is the only team in the conference that has – a director of uh, football sports science. I think that's the case. I think that's right. But now we have one. And this is a young man that has worked with, uh, was a linebacker in Northern Colorado. He's worked with the Olympic team, the Paralympic team. He's worked some with special ops. You know, this is one of those guys that's got some expertise that, that we don't possess. You know, I love having bulldogs in the building. I think it's an important part of what we do in every sport. Have people that understand our fan base, our experience, and our culture. But sometimes you got to go out there and supplement maybe perhaps where you're deficient. I think this is a step in that direction. And, again, we just kind of move forward here. But I think for the first time, I, I kind of felt that yesterday, 
like after we had San Francisco McGee's story published, we pushed that out there, I felt like I could take a deep breath for the first time in a long time. And I don't just mean because of the coaching search, but I think now you've got Jeff here. And, you know, we thought we hired Arnett last year. We, we wouldn't have these issues. But I think we recognized that we'd made a mistake. All due respect to Zach Arnett. But I think now we feel like, okay, Jeff Labby's going to be here for a while. All right, so now it's about getting back to the business of football. You know, you feel like we've made two good hires on the basketball side. And, again, we're trending towards a tournament. Again, the men got some room to make up. You've hired Justin Parker that has, in many respects, kind of just completely galvanized his pitching staff. And we'll be out there for uh, baseball tomorrow. We can't wait. But, again, for the first time in a long time, it just really feels like maybe we can get back to just be able to enjoy sports and not have to worry about all this peripheral stuff. And uh, we didn't do a press conference yesterday, which is a rarity in our history. We did get some comments uh, you know, from Jeff Lebby shared by Media Relations. But I think you know, Lebby probably feels the same thing that we're feeling and basically gave the crew some time off. It's like, hey, you guys get out of here. Go see about your families. Because you got to think, since those coaches have been here, it's been nose to the grindstone. They show up in the middle of official visit weeks, right, and got to go right to work, identifying portal prospects. And so as hard as we've all worked, they've worked twice as hard, if not more so. But I think now we're at a point that we can all kind of collectively exhale and let's just kind of get behind Mississippi State for a while. You know, I know you've loved them the whole way through, and it's been an incredibly emotional journey for all of you. Being a Mississippi State fan builds character. It certainly does. But I really feel like maybe, just maybe, that the dark cloud that we've all kind of existed under for, you know, I don't know, 14, 15 months now, I feel like that's kind of been rolled away. And maybe I'm the only one that feels it, but that's how I feel. And I speak to some people on staff, and, you know, it's like, yeah, I think we're, I think we're in a good place. And uh, so I wanted to share that with you because now that we're done with NAFL signing day, you know, we'll, 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 we'll pursue a couple of guys once the, uh, the portal opens in April and, and go ahead and understand you're going to have some outgoing traffic. You're going to have to. That's the nature of where we live. And so don't react emotionally just because some kid that you don't know, oh, are we going to be able to play a football team? We're going to be able to have a team this year? Well, I just told you guys you got, you know, basically, you know, half your roster is going to be new players. So in order for those guys to come in, at times some vacancies have to be made, have to be created. But that's where we are. But thanks, as always, for your support of the Boneyard and your support of me buying the books and listening to the show, Follow me on social media, sharing our content. Man, it means so much. It really does. It really, really does. It's not a minor thing. I don't ever take any of that for granted. And when I, when I see people that have retweeted our content, I know it, maybe it's a waste of my time, but I go in and see who retweets my stuff. I do. I see people that share our content on Facebook. I go read and see who did it. So don't think that you're, uh, you're doing this and it goes unnoticed because it absolutely does. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And listen, there's some people out there that, um, you know, they're not, uh, they're not always the biggest of fans, you know. And uh, I can't remember who said it. Maybe I'll, let me look real quick. It was Jonathan Swift, he of the uh, modest proposal from years ago. But uh, Jonathan Swift wrote this. When a true genius appears in the world, you may know him by this sign, that the dunces are all in confederacy against him. Rather interesting, right? And so I just share that. I think we go through life and sometimes we, uh, 
you know, sometimes the, the collective opinion or the dissenting opinion sometimes is not the correct one. Uh, it's easy to be a hater. I mean, it truly is. It's easy to sit on the sidelines and just be critical. It's just like the whole thing that Tom Brady shared, you know, about the man in the arena, you know. It's easy to be a critic. It's a lot more difficult to be a dreamer and to be a content producer and things of that nature. It's much more difficult to do that, to put yourself out there to be judged. That's never been anything that I've really been scared to do. But there's a lot of people out there that's like, you know, they don't do, they can't do, so they just openly criticize. And that's not nothing to do necessarily to do with me. That's life in general. So I share that with you. A lot of times when you're getting blowback, it means you're on the right track. Go be the genius. Don't be the dunce. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.